Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. It's so, so, so good to be with you. This is the most special day for all of us. And for me, um, I don't know if I've had a more special day in my life, except the day that I entered the Catholic Church and then um, took vows. Just um, so honored to have His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Snyder with us all the way from Kakistan. Uh, dear Bishop, we are so, so, so grateful for you to be with us. And um, I'm going to be bombarding the, the Bishop with some questions. I'm going to ask you maybe just to say hello. Is that right? Yes. I greet all of you. It is a pleasure for me to be this morning with Mother Miriam, whom I have known for several years. And so I'm happy to share with you together the beauty of our Catholic faith. Thank you. Thank you, Your Excellency. Um, I want to read uh, just a portion of His His Excellency's biography from his own website. Bishop Athanasius Snyder uh, has a website. You could look it up very easily. You could sign up for emails and uh, prints of the church. Uh, It reads, Athanasius Snyder, Schneider, um, ORC, born Anton, is that correct? Antonius. Antonius? Antonius Schneider, on the 7th of April, 1961, is a Kakistani Roman Catholic bishop, the auxiliary bishop of Astana, Kakistan. He is a member of the Canons Regular of the Holy Cross of Coimbra. Is that right? I'm going to keep turning to the bishop every time I don't know how to say something. Um, Antonius Schneider was born in Takamok? Yes. Oh, I'm amazed. Uh, I'm not going to get this one. Kyrgyz. Kyrgyz, SSR, in the Soviet Union. His parents were Black Sea Germans from Odessa in the Ukraine. My mother is from, yay! (laughs) After the Second World War, they were sent by Stalin to a gulag in... In Krasnokamsk. Krasnokamsk, in the Ural Mountains. In Krasnokamsk... The family was closely involved with the underground church. Bishop Snyder's mother, Maria, who has since um, gone on to her reward, um, was one of several women who helped shelter the blessed Oleska um, Zaritsky. Zaritsky, Ukrainian priest who would later be imprisoned in the infamous Karlag near Karaganda in Kakistan by the Soviet regime for his ministry. He would eventually be martyred in 1963. The family traveled to the Kyrgyz SSR after being released from the camps. Why am I reading this, dear ones? Because this holy bishop has already lived what we have not yet, and yet we are coming into communism. And who do we want to ask more than a bishop has lived through it and has been raised in the faith without daily communion, without daily priests, and is, is now such a uh, prince of the church? 
who God has spared to help us. Later, the article continues, they left Central Asia for Estonia, where they lived in Volga. As a boy, Bishop Snyder and his three siblings would attend clandestine masses with their parents. Listen to this. Often traveling 60 miles from the family's home to Tartu, taking the first train in the morning under the cover of darkness and returning with the last train at night. We, we complain if we have to drive a half hour. Due to the great distance in frequent visits by the clergy and crackdowns by the Soviet authorities, they were only able to make the trip once a month in 1973. Can you imagine that, beloved? Once a month. In 1973, shortly after making his first Holy Communion in secret, Bishop Snyder emigrated with his family to Rottweil in West Germany. Um, In 1982, Bishop Snyder joined the canons regular of the Holy Cross of Coimbra, a Roman Catholic religious order in Austria. He was given religious name of Athanasius. I I can't think of a more fitting name for this bishop. Uh, Given the religious name of Athanasius upon joining the order and was ordained a priest on the 25th of March, 1990, 1997, he obtained a doctoral degree in theology and patristic sciences at the excuse me, Patristic Institute Augustinianum in Rome. Um, starting in 1999, he taught patristics at Mary, Mother of the Church Seminary in Karaganda. On the 8th of April, he was appointed Auxiliary Bishop of the Diocese of Karaganda in Kakistan. On the 2nd of June, 2006, consecrated a bishop at the altar of the chair of St. Peter in the Vatican by Angelo Cardinal Sodano, and in 2011 he was transferred to the position of Auxiliary Bishop in the Archdiocese of Astana. Astana? Astana. Um, I'd like to read, dear ones, and then I'm going to back out of the rest of this hour, uh, one passage of Scripture and ask the bishop a question. And then... He's all yours. Okay. We won't take calls this hour, dear ones, because it goes so quickly, and we have three short breaks. But Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, Understand this, that in the last days there will come times of stress, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderers, profligates, fierce, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, then lovers of God, holding the form of religion, but denying the power of it. This is a prophecy that St. Paul gave to Timothy of the last times, and we believe the last times began with our Lord on the cross, but we're nearing... I think the end of the last time is no prophecy meant, dear Excellency. Um, I have one question for you. It's three-part. We the sheep are um, being confused, torn apart, isolated, pretty much without a shepherd. We look at our Pope who speaks... Uh, very confusingly and and in some times what we could state seems to be outright heresy uh, such as uh, Morris Letizia that divorced and remarried um, couples 
uh, without annulment could receive communion, such as uh, contraception is okay in grave matters and um, several other things which we know. Um, it is a grave, not just confusion for the sheep, but tremendously painful. Do we not obey the Holy Father? And how? when don't we obey him? And how don't we obey him? Um, and more than that, for my heart, Dear Excellency, it's a tremendous embarrassment of the Catholic faith before the world. Every single soul should be Catholic, whether they're Protestant or atheist or whoever they are. Every single soul should know the fullness of truth and him who is truth and the church he established. It's such an embarrassment that the church's dirty, dirty laundry is being aired. So that's one thing. The align with In align with that, how is it that so many good, holy, what we've thought, men of God, bishops, cardinals, archbishops, could seem to lose their faith overnight and contradict the faith overnight. Did they lose it? Did they never have it? I don't know that we could ever judge that. But one after another, how the mighty have fallen. And finally, we do believe that the family is the key to the survival, and the Catholic family the key to survival of civilization. How do we live in the midst of all this? Okay, first, um, we have to clarify what is obedience, the meaning of obedience first, and what is the Pope. So first, the Pope is not God. We cannot uh, give to, to the Pope such an obedience as, as we have to give to God. And so to, to the Lord we have to give an absolute, unconditional obedience only to him. We cannot give to a creature, even if he is representing here on earth our Lord Jesus Christ, or our parents, they are also representing God for their children. We can also uh, cannot give an absolute and illimited, illimited obedience, even children to parents, when their parents say to the children something wrong to do against the commandments of God, they have not to obey. And so the same is the Pope. So the Pope is only a, a guardian a keeper of the deposit of faith of all the truth which God revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord and commanded us to believe and so the, uh, the Pope has this is his first task to, to transmit to keep, to protect uh, faithfully unchangingly the deposit of faith I'm going to interrupt you, Dear Excellency. We, there's the music for our first break. Um, we'll be right back after the break, dear ones, and we will not take your calls and emails today. Don't want to miss a moment of His Excellency's comments. So we'll be right back after the break. Don't go, after the break. Don't go away. Join this 
Station of the Cross every Saturday morning at 9 after the 8 a.m. Holy Mass and Sunday afternoons at 2 for a teaching episode on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You'll learn the essential and fundamental content of our Catholic faith and morals in a complete and concise way with clarity and charity. That's Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday afternoons at 2 here on the Station of the Cross, Catholic Media Network, and the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTagg, your daily host of The Catholic Current. Join me on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern for another round of Let's Talk About This when we walk through a controversial issue together. I'll be talking about how I recently caught a glimpse of hell. I'm not kidding. And where I saw it may surprise you. Don't miss out. Join us on The Catholic Current on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live and we are here with a most... Um, wonderful bishop of the Holy Catholic Church, uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, Auxiliary Bishop of uh, Astana in Pakistan, and he is here in the United States and has graced us with his presence, um, one of the happiest days of my life. So at the beginning of the program, and we mentioned, dear ones, that we won't take calls and emails today, um, right at the beginning of the program, um, I asked uh, Bishop Snyder, um, a huge question. Uh, how do we respond to the Pope when he appears to teach what is against the Catholic faith? Uh, what is the place of obedience there? How could so many prelates, bishops, cardinals, we can name them but we won't, uh, go not only go against the Catholic faith, but um, persecute Christians who want to live the truth of the faith? Um, and how do we as sheep live, not just from the persecution growing now within the church, but the world, uh, digital currency and food shortage and arresting pro-lifers and uh, faithful parents coming into homes, taking their children and bringing their children to camps. It's happening here in this state. So how do we live? Here is Bishop Athanasius Snyder. So to... To continue the first question of Mother Miriam, so the Pope 
uh, we, we have to obey to the Pope when he is commanding us to keep truth, the truth, the Catholic faith, unchangingly, integrally. But if a Pope is uh, issuing orders or statements which are undermining, evidently, the integrity of the Catholic faith, as it was taught always through 2,000 years, or the praxis, the canonical praxis of the Church, with, which would undermine the truth in the case of the divorce and marriage, if the Pope, and, and he did unfortunately permit divorced people who are living in an adulterous new union to go to Holy Communion, this is undermining the truth of the indissolubility of the, of the marriage, which is a divine revealed truth, and the, the sacredness, the ineffable sacredness of the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Communion. In this case, we cannot obey, and we have to reverently appeal to the Pope to change this, to pray for him. So this is our attitude. When the Pope is doing commanding simply uh, juridical issues which are not directly touching the faith, so we have to obey, let us say, the appointments of bishops or the uh, cre creation of dioceses, the indulgences, and so on. So we have to distinguish these two forms of obedience, what is directly touching the faith and uh, in unchanging discipline of the Church or the sacredness of the Holy Liturgy, uh, for example, the the uh, the Mass of Ages, as it is called, the traditional Latin Mass, the the Holy Mass of all the Saints, which is a millennium old rite. The Pope has no authority to abolish it, or to to limit it, or to to make a discrimination against it. This is not in his power because it's so an old, venerable, sanctified prayer of the Church, which is the possession of the entire Church. It's the property of the entire Church of all the times. This venerable rite of the Holy Mass, the traditional Latin Mass, is not the private property of a Pope, of a single Pope. And therefore, when he is limiting this form of the Holy Mass, here we cannot obey simply out of love for our Holy Mother Church and out of love for the honor of the Apostolic See itself. And so in this case, we, we obey the, the Popes and the Church of all times for the greater good of the Church. We cannot collaborate with something which is evidently harming the church depriving souls of such a venerable prayer which is producing so much spiritual fruits evidently this is a, a example may i dear bishop I, i've asked bishop snyder for permission to interrupt him um very few times um where our hearts fly with joy at what you have just said and yet if bishops cancel priests and cancel the latin mass the faithful have they any recourse unfortunately when they cancel the bishops the traditional latin mass they will be obeying the traditionis custodis norms in some way 
and there is not so much hope for to make an appeal to whom okay. when rome is is substantially telling to the bishops you can limit this mass or you have to do this to whom we have to appeal okay. this is very difficult but we people could try and priests to appeal first to rome and then when there is no help these priests they can celebrate a holy mass but always uh, in a uh, spirit of the church centiricum ecclesia it means they have to name the pope in the holy mass pope francis he is the valid pope if we want or not he is the valid pope and the local bishop and to to pray for them and very important these priests who are the so-called council priests they have not to be have uh, anger or to be angry in no way or uh, they have to be a supernatural spirit of love for the church and for the pope and for the bishops and pray for them and they have to be of course in a good moral stand uh, exemplary priests for the people and then also to avoid these priests to be a kind of guru uh, a kind of leader a kind of personality cult they have to avoid this is very dangerous that people start to to be around such a priest and to make a personality cult a celebrity mm-hmm. this is uh, this is a temptation and a danger so the priest has to be very humble very modest not to do nothing of his personality cult only to serve the souls to give them this nourishment which the church had the holy mass the sacraments the true catholic doctrine and always with hum- humility and and then these so-called council priests they have to have a superior they have to to seek one you cannot be your own pope your own bishop this is very dangerous also spiritually for your spiritual life of course i assume these priests have a, sp- a personal spiritual director a confessor but this is the the internal forum this is not sufficient for the external his activities he has to have a maybe an eld- older or another uh, mature priest to whom he can give the account of his God, what nice. what he is doing or to to seek a, a retired good catholic bishop in a in a discreet manner to propose to him what he is doing and to give to giving to him an account this is only a temporary measure until we have again in rome a strong leadership unambiguously defending the catholic faith this will come without doubt and so these situations are an emergency situations or they can seek a religious community with a superior who have still the traditional latin mass and the true catholic faith so there are several possibilities but the main importance is they are they should not be their own pope their own bishop they have to have to be the humility to to submit themselves to our exterior uh, control of a good other priest or a retired bishop you've done our hearts good dear bishop thank you so much i don't think i've ever heard anyone speak to that as you just have and it's it's just uh, a little heaven on earth 
And as far as all the bishops who, um, we're just curious, we can't say if they never had the faith or if they've lost it. We can't say that. We can't know anyone's heart. It's just an astounding thing. The scriptures say how the mighty have fallen one after another, um, persecuting that seemed to be good bishops in the past, but now persecuting the faithful. I think the answer should be maybe the same as you've said for the Holy Father in some ways. I think that these bishops who unfortunately so quickly changed their position regarding the, the, the purity of the Catholic faith mm -hmm. and the tradition and simply swimming with the current And this is, there could be several reasons, but one deeper reason is that evidently their faith was weak. If their faith would be strong, they could not do such thing. Yes. As even simple people, children, youth, in difficult times of persecution, they preferred to be marginalized, uh, to be persecuted, even to be in prison and, and uh, to be murdered. We have so plenty examples, even of young people. And this was the fruit of their faith. And so if these bishops today uh, so quickly uh, change their positions regarding the integrity of the Catholic faith and uh, the true tradition, which we have to keep, the apostolic tradition, the traditions of the fathers of the church. So they demonstrate the weakness of their faith. And, and we have in the Holy Scripture the admonition, Estote fortis in fide, uh, you should be strong in faith, uh, because the, the devil is surrounding you continuously. Uh, to weaken your faith. This is the, one of the greatest temptations for all of us, uh, the, 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 the temptations to weaken our faith. We have to struggle every day, every one of us, and to ask with humility, oh my Lord, strengthen simply my faith, that my faith would become stronger and stronger, like a rock. But this is a gift of God, We have to implore these and collaborate and to ask for our times and the bishops do, should do this, especially the, the, the virtue of the fortitude, strength of faith. This is a basic virtue for the bishops, the successors of the apostles. And so this is showing in our day in the crisis that a majority prefer a temporal advantage in their ecclesiastical career, in the temporal life, even within the church, to have some very short uh, uh, honors, these bishops. It is so foolish, I would say, so foolish. What, what does help you, your title cardinal or archbishop, or that you are temporarily honored by the current Pope or the Vatican administration or the world and the, the mass media when you are weakening your faith, when God is not honoring you there, therefore you, we, have, we have to seek the honor which God gives us. We'll be right back, beloved, right after this break. I have a huge question for His Excellency. 
I didn't take my faith seriously, which which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. I mean, the reason we sin is because sin is fun. But it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 14th. Today we celebrate St. Callistus. The most reliable information about Callistus comes from one of his enemies. Perhaps we can assume then that we know the worst, if not the best, about him. A slave in the Roman imperial household, Callistus had been put in charge of the bank. After losing the deposited money, he fled and was caught. He served time and was released, but soon was arrested for brawling in a Jewish synagogue. This time he was condemned to work in the mines of Sardinia. Winning his freedom, Callistus was made superintendent of the public Christian burial grounds in Rome. The Pope ordained him a deacon and made him his friend and advisor. Rome's clergy and laity elected Callistus as their Pope. The losing candidate, Hippolytus, bitterly attacked him, setting himself up as the first antipope in a schism that lasted almost 18 years. The divisions among them were many, including when to allow sinners to return to the Eucharist. The validity of marriages between free women and slaves and leniency toward those who temporarily denied their faith during persecution. Some rank Callistus, who died around 223, among the greatest popes of history. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are very live today, and I have the happy honor and joy of um, being here with Bishop Athanasius Snyder, Auxiliary Bishop of Astana in Kakistan, who has come to do, um, he's just encouraging the faith left and right. It's so good. Um, we've spoken about so many important things. Um, uh, dear Bishop uh, Schneider, um, I have a big question. Um, six years ago, um, I know it because I've reread the article ten times. You had an interview with LifeSite News, and it was titled 12 Steps That Families Could Take in a Heretical Wasteland, something like that. How do families live? The importance of the family, how they live during a time of persecution, and not only within the church, which is the most tragic, but in the world, we face so much so much today. We don't know that our families are going to be safe. Uh, we think we need to prepare um, to survive, apart from government and all of that. So um, I do have those 12 steps with me. <laughs> I'm trying to memorize them. But could you speak to the importance of the family and um, even um, parents sending their children to Catholic schools who are not Catholic? or because there's not a good Catholic school to Protestant schools. 
um, parents who think they can't homeschool because of many, many reasons. So um, parents who are afraid to have another child and are even looking into matters of contraception, even if it's NFP was never intended for contraception, but um, they're just frightened. So thank you. The family is one of the most beautiful creations of God, which he invented in his divine wisdom and love, the family. And therefore, one of the greatest hatreds of the devil, of Satan, is the family, because this is so beautiful, unique creation of God. Because the family is the place where are born new citizens of heaven, potential citizens, I mean. <laughs> and, and so there are born new followers of Christ. And, and the family is the church in a min miniature form. So the domestic church, this is a teaching of the fathers of the church. St. Augustine spoke about this. And therefore it is so important and we know this attack through the centuries was always the, one of the most powerful attacks of the devil and of the anti-Christian powers, the, the family. Uh, the, the marriage itself, so through divorce and, and then the attack on the family, on their parents and the children. And therefore the church always defended the family and we have to again to start a renewal, a movement of the renewal of the family itself as the place, the beautiful created community which God created himself. And then especially a Catholic family which is a domestic church and in the, the transmission of the faith should start in family. The children should receive the Catholic faith, as to say, with mother's milk. And this will uh, create a new generations of intrepid, faithful Catholics, as we had in the past, during the persecutions of the Church. The family was where the Catholic Church were living, my experience was in the communist time. We had very, very few priests. There was a, a official atheistic persecution in the, uh, against the church, against the faith, even in the schools, in, in the public life. But the Catholic faith was, was alive and flourishing even in the Catholic families, as I was experienced and I consider the greatest gift of my life, not the priesthood, not the episcopacy, but the, the true, full, integral Catholic faith, which I received from my mother and my father since my childhood and, and in my family. And this is so important. And therefore, we have to be confident and fearless. We have to again to promote Catholic families and 
desirably large families and I will appeal to to the parents be generous accept all the children which God gives you and of course sometimes the NFP the natural family planning is sometimes used as a trickery uh, to do contraception and this is not the plan of God you cannot tricky God even with the natural family planning he will once when you appear before his judgment you Catholic parents who are doing NFP with contraception mentality or with so many excusations when you will appear there they will be all clear there will be no excusations more and you will see the omissions of what you had to give God will show you all the children which could be born and you had prevented with natural family planning prevented and they could be saints they could be they could be citizens of heaven and you did not give them life which could you could give them life because the lack of of confidence and trust in God when God gives you a child he will provide for the child first not you but you are thinking i have to provide for the children i have to stop now the number of the children's because i it's in my power to not it's not not in your power every child which god gives god will provide why it is demonstrated in the entire history simply demonstrated ask the large families so it's my appeal to be generous to to accept the children which God gives you and God will so much reward you we are living dear parents not only for this temporal short life we are created for eternity and uh, we are we have these graces of God and when we implore them he will always give us so this is the family is the first bulwark against all the attacks against the faith and the family is also not to forget the first priestly seminary there is the first priestly seminary where priestly vocations are flourishing and nurtured and developed Beloved, I don't know about your hearts, but mine is um, flying. It's so beautiful. I've never heard anyone, not a, not a prelate, uh, no one speak as our Holy Bishop has. So um, he didn't say that NFP, I don't like Holy, uh, uh, Dear Excellency, I don't like the term natural family planning. We have no business planning a family but um, procreation perhaps, but um, for grave reasons, mental illness, e- extreme financial poverty. See, I don't even think that because I agree with you that no. what God has given it, poverty, forget no. that, right? God always provides always. for a large family. Always, he always. Did this in all the yeah. history of the yeah. church. Yes. You see, and the, the term natural family planning is wrong to my yes, opinion. Yeah. We cannot plan 
children That's like it. chicken or, or mm -hmm. other creations. Right. This is un, unworthy for the dignity of, of the human being. We have to, to choose another term, not a planet. Good, mm -hmm. good. Um, I know many people are going to ask this, uh, Their Excellency. Is there any legitimate use or practice of NFP? What would it be? You mentioned uh, the church says this is not a sin, so we have to distinguish. Yes. When you use these, these moments of the infertility, uh, it is not a sin. Mm -hmm. because uh, And they, this was the teaching of the church in the 19th century and Pope Pius XI in Castiglione. So, but we, you have to do this, in, and Paul VI also said, in, in, in serious there has to be serious matters, yes. but of course then comes this subjectivity. So many people say, this is for me serious, and for him it's not serious. Mm. This is for me serious. And then we come to a subjectivistic mentality, like the Protestants. I am choosing what is for me serious and not what is not for me serious. So it, it should be objectively a grievous situation probably uh, mostly a physical or a health um, issue, but not a financial or okay. other. Oh. God bless you. Um, I have been wanting to urge, and I have been urging parents to get their children out of public school. Um, most Catholic schools, if they're not Catholic, if they're no longer teaching the faith, to if at all possible, and it usually would be possible, to homeschool the children. They homeschool their children for the first nine months in the womb, and when we come out for the uh, first several years, why then turn them over to society when they're four or five years old? It's a shock to the child that no one is going to have your values of the family, even if they're Catholic. But people are afraid, and right now uh, we're in a world that is coming against us outside the church as well. Um, could you speak, uh, dear Excellency, to, um, to parents directly who are afraid to homeschool? Um, maybe the wife is Catholic and the husband is not. It's a problem. Maybe one's faith is stronger than the other, and the wife wants to homeschool her children, but the husband wants the wife to work. Very many difficult situations. Um, uh, very difficult for people who married outside the faith, and now they've gotten a strong faith. Now they want to practice the church's teaching of no birth control, but it would break their marriage. So not easy things, but I think the answers uh, need to be clear. It's not easy in such situations when there is no unity between the in a couple between the husbands, and so they have to be united in this case of educating the children. When there is a disagreement, then I prefer that they have to keep the peace in family, in family. and in this case uh, to have a consensus. And then, even when there is no possibility to homeschooling, then at least to seek the best solution, which there is. There are different, maybe, schools, even public schools. And so you have to choose at least the, the minor uh, evil, so where is lesser evil. And then at home, 
mother or father can and should supplement. So additionally, correct uh, the, the errors which the, the children are listening in the school, correct these errors at home. And this was in our case in the Soviet Union. We had an atheistic school, atheistic school. It was compulsory. And that at home, my parents, they corrected uh, these errors. So they had known this is not true. This is a fake, what we have listened in, in, in the school. And so in these cases, I would say the parents has to supplement these uh, def defects in, in public schools. God bless you. Thank you so much. There's uh, music, dear ones, for our final break. We'll be right back. We'll have about 10 minutes with His Excellency. God bless you. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on the thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. We are helping to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday mornings, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time. Weekday mornings, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTagg, your daily host of The Catholic Current. Join me on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern for another round of Let's Talk About This when we walk through a controversial issue together. I'll be talking about how I recently caught a glimpse of hell. I'm not kidding. And where I saw it may surprise you. Don't miss out. Join us on The Catholic Current on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio Mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are here with His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Schneider, Schneider from uh, Astana, Kakistan. And um, we have 10 minutes left. And I mentioned earlier we're not taking calls or emails or texts today. Uh, time is too short and too precious. 
I, I suggest that you go to YouTube or the Station of the Cross or Facebook, wherever you find the Station of the Cross, and download this program and play it to your whole family and to all the families you know. Uh, only beauty and truth from this holy bishop's um, heart. Um, and it's from the heart, our Lord said, that the mouth speaks. Maybe one last question, dear Excellency. There's so much confusion, um, again, coming from the Vatican, and not only with our Holy Father's alliance with one world government situations, but um, with his, um, I, I guess I could say, ecumenical heart or desire to unite all faiths. Uh, recently he said that all one needs to receive the Eucharist is faith. But James says the devils believe. Everyone has faith in what is the issue. And, and that, of course, he didn't clarify. And that gave many the ability to receive communion, which would be bringing condemnation to themselves. What do we do about his saying pretty much which you clarified with him, but then he says still, well, relig God willed all religions. Uh, he's still really teaching that. And coming together with um, those who deny Christ, Muslims, Jews, uh, Protestants, giving all this. So how do we understand true unity? Uh, we don't want to be against unity or peace, as you just said, with the family, but um, how could there be unity without truth? Unity can be only be in the truth. And when there is no unity in truth, there is no God. God is not present in something which is not true. And God revealed us the truth himself, Jesus Christ, the incarnate God, and said there is only one way to salvation, Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way. And no one goes to the Father except through me. And so there is, and God the Father said to the entire humanity, when the voice came from the heaven, when Jesus Christ was baptized, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And St. Paul says to everyone who will not, he is not accepting Jesus Christ, the wrath of God will remain forever. Yeah. These are very clear words for Holy Scripture and these words are inspired by the Holy Spirit. We believe that the, the words of Holy Scripture are inspired by the Holy Spirit and so there is no other way of salvation in Jesus Christ and who do not accept him and believe him, all, even the Jews of today, they have to accept That's Jesus right. Christ to be saved. There is no other way. There is no exception. And therefore, we have to. This is the basic uh, truth of the gospel and of the uh, of the preaching of the church throughout two thousand years of the apostolic preaching. And this has to the church again to repeat in our day. Of course, with love and respect to other people, uh, they have to say that you cannot achieve your salvation if you will not receive. With faith, Jesus Christ, the, as incarnate God, at your only Savior, and accept God as Holy Trinity, Father, 
Son and Holy Spirit. Other when you will not do this, you cannot save your soul. We have to say this to the people with much love and we have to proclaim them unceasingly, zealously, uh, that Jesus Christ is the only Savior and to transmit them this happiness, the true happiness of truth, to know the truth, it causes in your happiness and joy. And this is the only way of true, of the true union. We can only be united in the truth. Yes, and um, there are those some years ago, um, and even today, who say uh, the Jews have Moses, we have Jesus. Um, but Jesus said, uh, if you believed Moses, you'd believe me, because he spoke of me. And I think, uh, dear Excellency, that the greatest form of anti-Semitism ever is to deny the Jewish people the knowledge of Christ whom they gave to the world through God. Um, you are damning them if you deny them and if you say they can come to God in any other way. They cannot. Right. Um, it is true, Mother Miriam, you, you spoke very precisely. And this we have to, we will commit a grave, grievous sin against the, the love of neighbor yeah. if we do not preach with love and conviction to the Jews of today, yeah. Jesus Christ as their only Savior and also, and, only to the, and also to the Muslims, to the Hindus, to all the people, even to the unbelievers. So, and your second question about the Holy Eucharist, it is regrettable that the Pope yes. Francis used such an expression that the only condition to receive Holy Communion is the, the nuptial uh, cloth vestment of the faith. It is highly ambiguous. Of course, of course, the expression, the nuptial vestment, is taken from the gospel. It means that we have to be uh, purified, cleansed. But it is causing such an ambiguous. He, he should add at least one word so to, to, to explain this. This only condition is a faith which is uh, already... Um, a true faith uh, which is manifesting itself in works, in deeds. Otherwise, we will be Protestants who say only by faith we are saved. So, without faith, without deeds, the faith is, is that, as the Holy Scripture says, St. James. And so, in this case, the Pope should uh, uh, necessarily add something. Uh, because there is a, 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 a infallible teaching of the Council of Trent, which says if someone says that the, that the only condition to receive Holy Communion is faith, let him be anathema. This is an infallible teaching of the Magisterium of the Church, and therefore the Pope Francis, using such an ambiguous expression, is causing such a confusion that people uh, will lead to, to confusion. Um, I hate to interrupt you, but I'm a little worried because um, the Jews believe that uh, uh, their eternity depends on their good, righteous works on earth, um, including God's commandments, which they can't fully keep. But 
it, just to say works. Uh, Protestants may not like that, but Muslims will, and Jews will, and many others will. So it's not just their own faith and their works, but also uh, it needs to be the Catholic faith. Yes. Of course, it, it should be the full faith. It is the Catholic faith. Yeah. And the works means the works which we do with the help of the grace of God. Yes. We cannot do Otherwise, it would be our human works, yes, which yes. have no merits for eternity. The merits for eternity have only those works of us, which we are doing in a supernatural state of grace, sanctifying grace, and also with the help of God's yes. grace. Dear Bishop Schneider, uh, this has been a bit of heaven for me, and I'm sure for all the listeners. Uh, our time is up too short. Would you um, be able to bless us, please? Dominus Vobiscum, et benedictio Dei Omnipotentis Patris, et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti, descendat super vos, et maneat semper. Amen. Amen. Praised be Jesus Christ.